Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We certainly do. And in this episode, we at last talk about all 40 songs in the Lilith Fair 40 season. Hello, listeners. I am your co-host, Sarah DeBunting, and I am here, as always, <laughs> having come through the valley of the shadow of what the hell is going on <laughs> into the sunlight of the Lilith Fair main stage. It is my co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Hello, and let me say, it truly has been such a joy to do this season with you, Sarah. Honestly, we've been talking about it so much offline. It's like, it's just been suffusing our days. Uh, It's been a delight. And I want to say also, listeners, thank you so much for being here with us. Your comments on Patreon, on Twitter, on Facebook have been outstanding. I have loved reading them all. And uh, I'm very excited to see how it all badges out here in the last episode. Me too. This really has been a joy. Our jokes aside about um, losing our minds and having to be committed to the um, Lilith institution, uh, there are worse places to be for sure. This has really been a process, one that, to speak frankly, I am not confident that I have completed in terms (laughs) of coming to a final definition of core Lilithosity, but maybe during this record, uh, I will at last arrive there. And if I don't, it's been such a wonderful journey. I will also add patreon.com slash mastass. There will be more Lilith content just for Patreon supporters. So we encourage you to join us and join us at the happy hours, join us in the comments and If you are a paid Patreon supporter, you will get early access to voting in our next season, which is late 80s, early 90s radio hip hop. We need your help, as always. So please join us. We would love it. And thank you so much for coming along with us on this, the Lilith Fair 40, five more songs, and then the force of law will be brought to bear on these rankings. So what is joining us today, Mark? Bailiff, lock the door. (laughs) Our final songs today that we will be discussing are Walk This World by Heather Nova, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole, Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel, Wonder by Natalie Merchant, and You Gotta Be by Desri. Oh boy. All right. So that makes an even 40. And here's how the point assignments will work for our final rankings, as they always do. The song that I feel is the most Lilith Fair, the Lilith Fairest, will receive 40 points. The song I feel is the second Lilithiest will receive 39 points. And so on down to, let's face it, the cores with Breathless in 40th place receiving one point for me. <laughs> I have ranked the songs in this fashion, Mark has ranked the songs in this fashion, and you listeners have also ranked the song in the songs in this fashion, thanks to our polls. A lot of movement happened between episodes in my rankings. I think I'm comfortable with where everything ended up. Uh, uh, there's a lot of ground to cover, though, between now and then, and this last batch of songs is... All over the damn place. Shall we get into it? Yes. And I will just say I changed my uh, rankings as recently as two minutes before we started recording this, but I'm not doing it anymore. They're locked in stone now. You just have to commit. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. Piece of marble, chisel. We're ready. We're ready to walk this world with Heather Nova, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so interesting that this episode is jam-packed with people about whom I have so much to say, but Heather Nova is the first one we're talking about, and I have the least to say about her. Uh, Other than the fact that Walk This World was one of those songs that was just always around in this period, 
I mean, not always around, but, you know, it was just like it was in the mix of songs. You've definitely heard it. It was a number 13 hit on the modern rock charts. Now, the alternative rock charts. Heather Nova herself seems like a fairly interesting person. She was born and raised in Bermuda. Her mother is Canadian. Her father is Bermudan. She went to the Rhode Island School of Design. She's been releasing albums uh, nonstop since the early 90s. She has a new album coming out in August of 2022. So the month that we're recording this, by the time you hear this, it'll be September, but whatever. So, you know, Heather Nova has made a career out of making music. Uh, So that's a thing I can say. And here is a clip from Walk This World. I I don't get it. So, Sarah, to me, this song just is. It's very generic. It's very hot topic soundtrack, grunge, light. <laughs> Burn. It's the kind of song that you play in the VHS sequel to the movie because they didn't have enough money for the VHS sequel to buy the good songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> And like, God love you, Heather Nova. I'm glad you're out there making it happen for yourself, but you're going to have to do it without me. This is just a song that, again, it's fine, but it's like so aggressively bland that maybe it almost isn't fine, if you know what I mean. It's just, it's a nothing burger. So for me, um, that is not very Lilith. Uh, The reason it's not dead last, I did have it at 31st with 10 points, is just because there are some songs that I, I think like the cores and for all the reasons discussed are just less Lilith than even this. And also because quite frankly, Heather Nova did actually play at the Lilith fair. Mm. So that's always going to give someone a bit of a leg up in my ranking. So she gets a bit of a boost because she did actually perform at the Lilith fair, but yeah, 31st place for me and the listeners also put her in 31st. So 10 points from both of us. Well, when I say that, uh, my, journey towards a definition of Lilithosity uh, is ongoing. This song is a perfect example because I do feel, and this has come up in previous episodes, that um, part of my uh, misapprehension of the point of the, of the project, not this project, but the Lilith Fair, um, and the, uh, my sort of receiving it as all artists like this, um, (laughs) meaning this anodyne nineties guitar sound, um, performatively outre lyrics, a video in which maybe she's masturbating in the, in the chairs at the bus station, or maybe she's just adjusting her, stockings um i have slept beside the winter i like the way you're broken like what kind of first semester sophomore bullshit is that and not even sophomore of college sophomore of high school yeah this is the kind of thing that as the editor of the high school lit mag i would have been like um t- try it again at this time don't submit it uh <laughs> Here's the thing. N- no. <laughs> this this is putting the no in Nova for me. Like, this is not a nothing burger. This is a shit burger, I think. But I think that sometimes Lilithosity does include this um, wayfish poetry that's trying extremely hard. Yes. To be sexy and um, to confront people with female sexuality when what it's actually confronting you with is um, immaturity (laughs) and a failure to throw out lyrics you wrote when you were stoned as fuck. So 
that is, I mean, that is also Lilithy. Like the misconception and the conception can be the same or can overlap. So, um, but at the same time, I did not want to reward a song that had me literally like flipping off my phone while I was listening to it. Fuck you. Um, So 28th, 13 points, because it's shittish in a way way that I think is kind of Lilithy in terms of the public perception of the Lilith Fair and artists there, which is correct because she did play the Lilith Fair. I'm not mad at her. She's not taking my money, but she's not taking my money. So that's where I put it. I think that it is true that Lilithosity is not only about stuff that we love. It also is about twee, obnoxious, overly earnest bullshit. Yeah. That is part of it. And because we love the Lilith Fair ethos, we can wink and nod at that element of it and be, you know, a little put out, but in a playful way. I'm not furious at it, but you're right that it is there. It's one of the reasons I feel confident that I have correctly ranked video this week. I have it in fourth place last week. I had it in third. I've moved it down one, but still I think the fact that video encompasses that those negative aspects of Lilith as uh, in such a good way, as well as the positive, that's why I, I like having it up there and you've helped me just articulate that. So well, thank you. And I'm glad that I've laid this groundwork on which we both agree because when we get to my jewel ranking, um, speaking of fighting with knives, um, this marriage might be over, but first, <laughs> well, we'll see. First, add, just remind me where the users put. They just like me, they put it in 31st. Got it. Okay. I think that's about right. I think it all comes out in the wash. Now, did you actually edit your high school literary magazine? Yes, I did. Have we talked about this before? I don't know. It was called Windward, obviously. Because I also edited my high school literary magazine called Voyages. (laughs) All of our shit had seafaring (laughs) names. Like the yearbook was called Cargoes. Why? Why? This is not a seaside town. It's just literally in the smack dab middle of North Jersey. I don't understand. Like well, it's I, the town is called Summit. The school is not named after a sea captain. Like I don't know what's happening there. I just am so glad that both of us stood at the helm of a publication that was run off of a copy machine somewhere in the teacher's lounge. Ours was ours was actually sent to like a proper printer. Oh, mm. well, 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 Albert Knopf. <laughs> I, Knopficus. But uh, it did, ours did look nice, though. It was all paper with staple binding, but still. We sold it in the in the cafeteria. It was a thing. Uh, okay, uh, next we have an artist who probably would have, in, who probably did inspire me to write something that was in Voyages because she was popular when I was in high school. It's Paula Cole. With her number eight peaking breakthrough hit, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Now, Paula Cole, like Joan Osborne, is one of the artists who appeared on that aforementioned VH1 duets special with Melissa Etheridge. So, again, that special really gave uh, lift off to a lot of women who were prominent in the Lilith Fair, as Paula Cole was. I know that we have talked about her many times before because she sang the theme for Dawson's Creek. I don't want to wait, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about where have all the cowboys gone? Let's hear a clip. Okay. Um, We've lost her already. I mean, first of all, that my first instinct is to answer her question with, have you checked up your butt, is probably not great. Um, 
So Paula Cole, obviously a big, um, a, a, the mayor of that Venn diagram overlap with the WB probably, um, because she did sing the theme song to Dawson's Creek, which I still like even thinking about it makes me curl my lip in disgust. Um, let me just say that when we were picking the 40 songs for this season, you said quite firmly, you would not be discussing. I don't want to wait ever again. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I can't, I've given all I had to give. Um, I will wait indefinitely to discuss that song. Um, this song is actually like, despite its, um, evident self-regard for its own symbological systems and commentary on, um, nostalgia for a simpler gender roles time. Um, and the, just like the spoken word and then this video, oh my God, like every single nineties box ticked except her wearing angel wings. Um, she's in a dirty abandoned house. She's got a belly shirt and braids. There's um, kind of like shit on the camera lens that makes it a little hard to see sometimes. Yeah. There's a reference to his shiny gun. Like there is a level of, um, sophistication well, let me let me start that observation over. The song and I do not share um, the same opinion on its level of sophistication. It is very proud of itself and thinks it's master's level. I think it's kind of rising senior shit. Um, but with that said, Paula Cole as a personage and as a creator is, I think, extremely lilithy in that um self-regard for one's own poetic systems that is um like it's not about whether it's deserved it's about the fervency of the belief <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and this like she just looks like she came out of Lilith central casting and the like the strummy sound the throwback lyric um it's very 90s i don't think it's aged particularly well but it is a like more compelling song narratively than i remembered but i think this whole here we are again in the i don't like the song and i don't necessarily respect anything that it's doing but what it's trying to do while it might be annoying, like that's all part of it. Like we were just saying about Heather Nova. So this was much higher. This is the inverse of Heather Nova for me. I put this in 13th place with 28 points because I think Paula Cole's whole vibe, like good or not, at a certain point, it's not about the quality. It's about the intent. And her intent is to you know, teach us some things about wishing for a cowboy unless it's Sam Shepard. Like, oh my God, we live in the world. We fucking get it. But that like, sometimes that's a little fair is it's your poetry section and you're like, oh Christ. So that's where I put it. That is so interesting because to me, I hear the lyrics of this song as being viciously ironic and bitterly disappointed. And it is about the narrator violently rejecting all of the masculine archetypes that she had thought would make her happy because it, now that she is married, she's realized, Oh, you're just an asshole. And yeah. You make friends at the bar and you see them every day of the week, but you never fucking talk to me. I know. No, I, I know that. Uh, I know that. I just I, think I mean, she's I, a lot prouder like she, of it than she should be. That's all. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Um, because it's, I was thinking about how this song, in many ways is a lyrical companion to fast car by Tracy Chapman. Mm -hmm. But fast car is just a much better lyric <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, and it, it could have been, if she didn't have the spoken word part, it would sort of go hand in hand with, um, with let him fly and mm. other, other, um, other pieces of art from this season that had the courage of their convictions just with this lyric that doesn't feel the need to be like hit the spoken word part is what you think when you're young and naive and romantic and the sung sections are the um 
like viciously, bitterly disappointed reality, like you said, like this is not a, this isn't a bad symbology system. She just is a little prouder of having to fucking underline it for the cheap seats than she should be. I will say that even from the moment I first heard this song, I thought the part at the end where she goes, yippee-yo, yippee-yay, was a bit much. (laughs) Like, we do get it, actually. You don't don't actually have to start singing out the name of the Lone Ranger or whatever the fuck. Yeah, like, we know know what cowboys are. Do you? (laughs) Now, that being said, I, because I was in high school when this song came out, I think I responded to it much more deeply because this is where our age difference I think matters Mm -hmm. to me. I was just like, Oh shit, this is fucking truth bomb central. (laughs) Now I still have a, I still have a deep affection for this song because of the age I was when I first really fell in love with it. Sure. Though I do fully uh, appreciate your, shall we say less, charitable reading of its <laughs> success as a work of art. Yes, we shall say less charitable. <laughs> I do agree with you too, that it's very Lilith. And here's some other reasons that I think on top of the ones you've already said, for one thing, Paula Cole produced this song by herself and she wrote this song by herself. And for a woman to write and produce a top 10 hit alone is so vanishingly rare that it has not happened in years in the year, in the current century. So Paula Cole still stands outside of the typical structure of the pop music industry by having written and produced her own shit. And I do think that there are a lot of really interesting things happening in the production. Like the spoken word part does have her doing that high harmony underneath, which is sonically quite interesting. And then she brings back the do-do-do-do-do parts like underneath other places in the song. And it's always just very lush and compelling. And I think it's quite interesting that she was nominated the year that she was nominated for Grammy, uh, for best new artist at the Grammys. She was also nominated for producer of the year, which is something a woman is almost never nominated for. So I think that shit is pretty cool. Now, another thing that is super Lilith is that she publicly refused to shave her armpits. Mm -hmm. That is the most Lilith move that you could possibly make. Yep. I remember that she wrote a letter to Entertainment Weekly after they airbrushed out her armpit hair. I remember task. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they they showed the undoctored photo. <laughs> I mean, that is like capital L Lilithosity. Yeah, to me. that's true. And so I put this song in ninth place and I thought about this a lot. I had it bouncing around. And I just decided ultimately she is so very much the epitome of this time and Her success was concomitant with the Lil Affair. So, yes, ninth place for me, 32 points. I don't think that's wrong. I my only my only thing with it was like, is this too low? But there were things that I was kind of like, you know. But yeah, I mean, I'm not bored by the song. God knows. Yeah, I but I totally feel you. It's just like, uh. This is a song that, okay, for instance, when we, when I listen to Let Him Fly now, I have the same admiration for it that I did when I first heard it in 1997. When I listen to this song now, I mostly have affection for the person I used to be, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yes, absolutely. Um, that being said, the listeners have a great affection for it. They put Paula Cole in sixth place in oh, the final damn. ever definitive rankings, giving it 35 points from them. So that's a very strong showing. From Paula Cole. Oh boy. <laughs> Next we come to Jewel. Um, I feel like your affection <laughs> will not be pertinent, <laughs> will not be present in this conversation. Um, look, Jewel, <sighs> you know, we're tired. We're all tired and we're... <laughs> Very tired of Jewel. And this, I I think that I have a higher tolerance for Jewel than you, which is saying literally nothing. But this song is um, actively hostile to my happiness. <laughs> and I was a little surprised. We alternate which episodes we're going to cut clips for. Mark volunteered for 
this episode. I was a little surprised that he um, consented to spend this much time thinking about which jewel clip would be best. It's also surprisingly long. I thought you would tap out at like 12 seconds. <laughs> no, there's just there's so many things in this song that need to be addressed. Yeah. So, so shall we well, hear the clip well, and get it the, over with? <laughs> just as a bit of context for listeners who might be newer to the show, many years ago, within our first like 30 episodes, we did an episode on two Jewel songs, Hands and You Were Meant For Me. And the premise of the episode was to determine which of these songs is the greater crime against art and humanity. I forget and what we decided. You Were Meant For Me was the ultimate winner slash loser, I guess. Yeah. you want to say? Because I was like, Hands was not, t- I liked it. I limewired it after seeing it on Dawson's. <laughs> and you were like, that's not the defense you think it is. But anyway, I believe that was the birth of Mark Rage. Low these yes, many it, years ago. It was the first episode that I can recall where I was consumed by my fury about how much I fucking hate Jules' music. (sighs) I have looked for it everywhere, but cannot find the interview that she gave that I still remember where she said something to the effect of, one of the great things about the little affair is it doesn't matter how many records you've sold, even though I've sold the most. I can remember sitting in my kitchen, (sighs) screaming out at her to shut the fuck up, and then when I went to see the Lilith Fair, on which Jewel was a performer, at which Jewel was a performer when I saw it, the Indigo Girls, being the saints that they are, brought all of the performers out on stage at the end to, to sing along to Closer to Fine, and Jewel forgot the lyrics to her portion of Closer to Fine, and she smacked her forehead like, I'm a dummy, and I remember being so fucking furious. I turned to my friend Laura who sings the theme song that we have on this episode and said, I bet Jewel would cry if she knew how much I hated her because you do not fucking forget the words to closer to fine a song, which every single person at the Lilith fair owes a debt. Okay, Jewel. I'm still so now here's the other thing, Sarah, we were talking last time about Amy Mann has gotten older and wiser and she's let some shit go. Not me. Apparently as I'm <laughs> feeling it right now, Jewel still makes me so mad. Okay, here's the fucking clip from Who Will Save Your Soul. talk about a songwriter who's real oh i just hit the microphone i'm so mad you want to talk about a songwriter who's real fucking proud of herself that is jewel in this piece of shit song sarah oh my god it peaked at number 11 which i find like inexplicable (laughs) there are two jewel so i should i should add here there are two jewel songs that do not make me want to spell out the words no more in gasoline on a football field and then light those words on fire so that my descent can be seen from space those songs are Foolish Games and Standing Still. This hmm. is the neither of those songs are being discussed here today. Sarah, Who Will Save Your Soul makes me so mad for the following reasons. One, could she be more affected in more ways? There's the breathy doll baby voice, and then there's the weird oh. goat yodel. Yeah. Just, and ugh. the show offy note that it's like, um, Melissa Etheridge already locked up the trademark on this, so step away. And it's a show off, you know, with that weird epiglottal mass that, that it's like that weird phlegmy sound. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's also these like fucking lyrics of just you're not solving the world's social ills by singing about somebody who's living on hand to mouth or whatever. That Like, just stop. Stop. It's so smug and self-important. And I'm sure that Jewel is a lovely person. I've never met her. I'm sure her intentions were as pure as the Alaskan snow from which she sprang. But it comes across to me as the most self-satisfied, asinine, 
bullshit. And I hate it so much. Now, that said, it is still a very Lilith song. Yes, it is. This is not Mark and Sarah rank the Lilith songs that they like the most. No, no, it isn't. Now, I'm going to tell you this, Sarah. I intellectually understand that I should have ranked this song in the top 10, but it will be a fucking cold day in Death Valley before I will ever put a Jewel song in the top 10 of anything except possibly songs I hate the most. So I have succumbed to my emotional state and have put her in 14th place. 27 points. I cannot allow her to have anything higher than that from me. But if you've gone, if she's number one for you, we will, you and I, we will walk hand in hand through this life as in love as ever. Well, look, I, um, it was a trial just to get through the entire song. It it's was the like fucking song. being like shot in the face with a beanbag gun, except the beanbags are filled with um, di- like C minus Bob Dylan lyrics, cliches, um, uh, like a cassette or like an eight track recording of Tuvan throat singing. <laughs> I just the the video is um d- just dumb and first drafty like everything else about this which is just again a list it's trying to be profound and it thinks it's succeeding and it is preening at its own perceived success in profundity but um when you iris out you see that it is preening in a back aisle of a spencer gifts in wichita like you know what? No, like just no to all of this. Um, it's unpleasant to listen to. Um, the smugness is radiating off it. Even at the time, the sort of um, origin story of her like living in a car and having been unhomed and she refused to fix her teeth. Like who will save your, who will save your overbite lady is my question. Um, like there's, you know, uniqueness and then there's your face that is so slappable in this video and she's being shot from above and she's like, "Mm," like making like that little pursed lift, like I'm so cute and deep. Like, are you either of those things? With that said, the pop machine is not her fault. Um, Americans make stupid decisions all the time look at the presidency going back to its very beginnings um you know there are things that we can't blame her for but i don't think you should stop blaming her for everything including like plumbing incidents in your home um and i i I did not enjoy putting it seventh (laughs) With 34 points, I did not enjoy it, but I felt that once again, this, it's weird that this last episode really had a kind of string of examples of, we don't like the song and we don't like what this says about Lilithosity, but you, you know, it's a 360 proposition and you cannot deny that part of what makes uh, part of what goes into the ethos of the Lilith Fair is a certain earnest um, poetry major, um, insufferable, pantyless MFA aspirant attitude that you just can't you can't exclude that as much as you would like to exclude this song in its entirety from your consciousness. You cannot exclude that from consideration. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Let's talk about taking care of our minds. There are a lot of ways to take care of your mind and brain, learning a new language, my personal favorite, the power nap, and BetterHelp Online Therapy. Therapy is great. I've been using it for decades now, and it's been such a force for good in my life. It's a place to work through sticky emotions and situations, and it is the one time that I am willing to bore someone else with what I dreamed last night. BetterHelp is online therapy. 
You can pick your medium, whether it's video, phone, even live chat only therapy sessions, so you don't have to be on camera if you're not into that. It's also more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're ready to try BetterHelp, I hope you're also ready to save money. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Mark and Sarah. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash M-A-R-K and S-A-R-A-H. Thanks, BetterHelp. And actually, the fact that songs like this exist in the world of Lilith only prove the beauty and success of the great songs. Like this is you need in a way the curdled version of the milk so -hmm. that you can actually appreciate the milk at its sweetest. You know, I I think about putting this song in comparison to as um, as cool as I am by Dar Williams, for instance. That is a song that gets at a social problem with such wit and specificity and such humility and grace. And you think, oh, it's possible this type of music to reach that type of height. But the fact is, you got every kind of person in a family and Jewel is in this family. Yeah, she's the one who is scatting on the porch. And then eventually one of your cool aunts gets up and accidentally, quote unquote, locks the back door right when it starts to rain. And I'm fine with that. Well, she's scatting on the porch and she's singing, too. Mm. If you know what I mean. I do. You mean poo like this song. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. um, Yes. So seventh place. Listen, I understand it. I respect it. Uh, the listeners put it in 10th place, 31 points. So right in the middle, no matter how we feel, no matter how we feel about Jewel and her music, I think we all see and agree that this is a very indicative Lilith Fair song. Also, she was on the cover of Time magazine as a representative of the Lilith Fair. She was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly in a group shot. So she also, in some ways, was the poster child of the Lilith Fair. And while this the festival was happening. The album that this song is on pieces of you was selling roughly a quadrillion copies. So, yeah. you know, Jewel was massively popular and her popularity as an individual was used in some ways as an avatar for the popularity of the festival as a whole. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but here we are and we have to, we have to contend with reality. Now talking about artists that we under, I can understand if you or any, some of the listeners feel about Natalie Merchant the way that I feel about Jewel. We've talked, I know you don't entirely because we did rank the 10,000 Maniacs album in my tribe a few years ago. She is my favorite liberal scold. She's never had a good time. She's always here to remind you that you're doing it wrong. She is always singing about how everyone should be on her page. As we did discuss in that episode, she once gave an interview to Rolling Stone where she said she couldn't trust someone who ate meat. And yet I love her. I think she has such a gift at her best for getting at the heart of uh, pain and other sort of big feelings. I think her voice is so striking and lovely. She has a real knack for songcraft. Um, the album Tiger Lily, which came out in 1995, was her first solo album it ended up selling over 5 million copies over quite a few months. It was a sleeper hit. And I can so clearly remember being at governor school, uh, this summer program for nerdy high school students that I did in high school when this album came out. And I danced around my room consistently to the song that we are talking about today, wonder, which reached number 20 on the hot 100. And I will just say up front, I adore this song. I don't even have a, sort of nostalgic love of it the way that I do for where have all the cowboys gone, Sarah, for better or for worse. I understand if you were about to tell me that you think this song should be fired into the sun, but I love it. I think it's so like legitimately charming and I find it quite uplifting. It's truly is one of the rare moments where Natalie Merchant is in a decent mood. Although of course in her way, she is undercutting that because she's written a song that seems to be from the perspective of someone who might be in a freak show, but she is convinced of her worth all the same. I think that's a really fun, unusual and cool way to get at the self empowerment trope in pop songs. Um, The music video features her dancing around with all different types of women, sort of creating the statement of all women are wonders. 
Uh, Natalie Merchant sang on many iterations of the Lilith Bearer. I have a perpetual love for her, as I've just said. Here is a clip. So just to wrap it up, I love that part of the song. I love her voice. I put this in eighth place, 33 points. I put this in 33rd place, eight points. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I'm so sorry. I, I it's really... Not, listen, you don't have to apologize. I We're wanted to, to put it higher because everything that you've just said, intellectually, I understand that she is very Lilithy. Um, and... Everything about her that is Lilithy sort of in the off-putting way is present in this, except that the song, in my opinion, is very dull and should be in a Linzess commercial. I don't even know what Linzess is, but I agree with you. It's I'm some sure. kind of prescription medication that they advertise constantly during live sports. Um, <laughs> I, like, I think it's for plaque psoriasis. I don't, I don't actually remember. Um, but it just feels like this should be on while side effects are being read. Um, I have no, I had no memory of this song or of the rest of the album. Like I must have owned it. I must have listened to it, but like no memory of any of it. Just like, I feel like this is all of her worst instincts that the other 9,999 maniacs kept maybe a little bit in check sometimes. But this lyric, this song does contain the lyric, I'm over your heads, which is fucking classic Natalie Merchant. <laughs> but it's like, you just don't get it. Like, that's possible, but I'm not going to stick around and think about it any longer because shit's boring to me. Um, I, I, I tried to rank it higher, but there were just... It was just too, um, like, tedious for me. Like, maybe if it had been, like, a little more actively annoying, I would have ranked it higher, ironically. <laughs> but I just kept being like, I can't rank it ahead of X or Y or Z because it just, I just didn't engage with this on the level of the project, which is to assess its lilithosity. Like, it's it's so sort of featureless to me that it it didn't really like that means to me that it's not that lilithy because i'm not i'm not interested in why it is or isn't lilithy ergo it's not that lilithy so that's why i put it where i where i put it um fully understanding that that is kind of a avant-garde interpretation <laughs> and um so yeah that's where i put it but i don't think that's going to be I think I'm going to be way off from what everyone else did, certainly. Um, and, you know, I have a pretty high tolerance for her liberal scoldiness, as you know. Um, the album that we ranked and Our Time in Eden were on constant row. Oh, God. Stockton Gala days. I mean, the, yeah. Uh, and, like, she's just as insufferable on those, really, when she is insufferable. But I this just felt like unchecked quirk with a capital no thanks to me so uh, you know eh, eh. where'd the listeners put it they put it in ninth place with yeah points. see i mean and i'm i'm gonna drag her out of the top 10 but not by much well you know what though that's why it's three that's why there are three judicial bodies uh mm -hmm. here it's not a dick we're not a dictatorship and Natalie Merchant still and all made it to the episode. So there you go. And you know what? I will go and listen to wonder and be happy and that's okay. You can go get a snack at that time and then you'll come back later and we'll choose something together. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, now that brings us to, Oh my God, Sarah, 
the 40th of 40 songs. Oh, and I love that it's this one, which was one of my surprises to you, I believe, in uh, episode 100 of this fine podcast. Yes, it was. It's the one and only hit, well, charting hit for Desri. This song reached number five on the Hot 100. It's You Gotta Be. Let's listen to a clip. What your mother said, reading the books your father read, trying to solve the puzzles in your own sweet time. Some may have more cash than you, others take a different view. My, oh my, eh, eh. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger. I love this song. Um, (laughs) I've always loved this song. So my ranking is not a reflection of my love for the song. I just feel like this is um, like lyrically. I I mean, I understand that it could be interpreted as Lilithy and like, you know, you go girl communalism. I, I just don't hear it that way. And the sound is off brand in my opinion. Um, and I, I love this song. I hope she's still making money from it being like a grad song mixtape staple. Um, I'm never mad to hear it. I hope she's well. And, um, it's still in 38th place, three points. Sorry. Whoa. 38th. Yeah, I just, I couldn't justify it. I tried, but like just the sound is a completely different lane to me. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. It's got that Euro pop gloss. On yeah, it. that sort of tech. Yeah. That yeah. being said, I also love this song, as I know we discussed back in that episode. Um, it's just so pleasing. It and is. It, it, it's kind of like Nat, uh, Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten, where if you're going to write a song that's full of generic affirmations, mm-hmm. make it as catchy as those two, as You Gotta Be or Unwritten. That's yeah. that's just the rule. Yeah, that's a good rule. And because uh, this song is catchy as fuck, and it's so, uh, it's, you know, as I said earlier, it goes down smooth, but unlike the other song about which I said that, uh, this is smooth in a way that makes me pleased. It's not smooth and forgettable. It's just like smooth. Yeah. Just nice. Uh, that being said, I agree with you that it's not that Lilithy. Uh, the fact that it's a more general affirmation kind of dings it down for me. Uh, so I put it in 21st place with mm. 20 points. Okay. And the listeners put it all the way up in 12th, actually, with 29 points. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, y'all, we've now done it. All 40 songs have been discussed. We are going to do the final tallies, and then together, Sarah and I are going to read out the entire top 40. Folks, we're back. The Google Sheets have been Google sheeted and our <laughs> eight sheets to the wind, and we are prepared to reveal our top 40. Um, and we're it is, as Europe says, the final countdown. Um, I thought that we would, you know, have no real surprises, but we're starting right off with a surprise um, because we are going to count from 40 back to one. And in last place, um, there was apparently a small surge of support for the cores. So I am left breathless by the revelation that they are not 
our 40th place song. That dubious distinction belongs to I Try. I mean, already some shit is getting crazy. Uh, Right? Wow. Yeah. Um, 39th is Breathless. Okay, fine. Um, Here and now, given how much um, bandwidth Letters to Cleo gets in the happy hours, it does seem sort of weird that they ended up in 38th, but not not totally surprising. And uh, our number 37 song is Love Fool, which is, again, fascinating. Uh, at 36, we have Bizarre Love Triangle by Frente. I think that might have floated up a couple notches. It definitely it did. did in my final rankings. Um, at 35, there's A Long Walk. Um, I think that's about right. Yeah. 34 is Dreams by the Cranberries. I am surprised that this remained as low, like, net at the end of everything as it did in my rankings. Although, again, here again, this floated up a little for me at the end. In 33rd, we have I Know. And then our first uh, newbie to the rankings comes in at and will remain forever by law at 32 walk this world um no thanks <laughs> putting the no in nova as yeah you i'm all i'm all set with the walking and the world um and 31st here with me by dido <laughs> yeah and Aeneas again a great song just not the most lilithy no and i mean dido is pretty not <laughs> lilithy herself no, like it's no, just Aeneas. He's fine. Don't like take it easy. <laughs> you rule a whole kingdom. Why are you setting yourself on fire? Oh, Aeneas. Yes, Queen. <laughs> I neaed you to keep saying it that way. <laughs> I neo. Okay, so in 30th place we have Michelle Branch, Goodbye to You. In 29th, we have Chantal Kreviazic with Surrounded. In 28th, we have Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. And in 27th, I actually am pleased to see that the song is basically mid-table. It's Blood Makes Noise by Suzanne Vega. Mm-hmm. In 26th place, a song that did so well when there were only five songs in contention, but now it's at number 26, Bitch by Meredith Brooks. I thought that would end up higher, but yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you know, there was so much support for it in the first poll, but I think as some of these other heavy hitters arrived, people started to realize that this song is the processed version of the thing. It's my guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in 25, she is her own island. It's Katie Lang uh, with Constant Craving. At 24, a song I could never feel comfortable with ranking, Sarah. I never think I got this right. It's Every Day is a Winding Road. I, yep, me neither. And this is exactly where I put it, actually. Like, this net ranking ends up matching mine, and I'm still not convinced that I got it correct. I know. This was one of the ones I never, ever could figure out where I thought it should go. Uh, I do love the song, though, so at least there's that. Um, In 23rd place, another newcomer is Desri. 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 Oh, shit. How do we say it? I Desiria. (laughs) Um, So You Gotta Be comes in in 23rd. Um, Then... I, Bificus, Lucky from Biff Naked is in 22nd place. And in 21st place, closing out the bottom half, if you will, it's Video by India Ari. So that means that we have now reached the top 20, the top half of the countdown, which I think, Sarah, we can say safely means if you are in the top 20, there is a strong lilithosity to what you have contributed here. Yep, I concur. Um, I will say as we wrap up that, set that I am surprised. I'm not super surprised about video given comments in recent weeks, but I am surprised that lucky hung on to be this high. Mm -hmm. And, um, my lucky number is in fact 22. So good for her. What I will say too, is I noticed there was a growth in votes for this song over the weeks. Like it, it really did week by week pick up points. And so if this ran, if this season ran for two years, maybe she would be in the top 10. Who can say? Yeah. Who knows? All right, beginning the top 20 with song number 20, One of Us by Joan Osborne. Um, Not a surprise there. I feel like that is right on the hem of things. Uh, Our number 19 song is He Thinks He'll Keep Her. That is surprising to me. Are you surprised by where that came in? 
Do you mean you, you're surprised that it's as high as it is or that as it's low. as low as it is? Yeah, I mean, to me, this is a song that I actually ended up putting ultimately in 17th because, holy shit, things just have to go places. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I would have, this is another one. I could have put it in 10th place. I, I So I don't have a strong, I, I could never figure my shit out with this song, so nothing surprises me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not that surprised, but I was surprised that a song that I did don't care for, but still felt was very Lilithy, stayed right around like the nine to thirteen range the entire time for me. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, Alanis Morissette's "Hand in My Pocket" is our number eighteen song. Uh, I guess I felt that that would be either much lower or much higher. But I kind of if you had told, if you had asked me in the very first week whether or not she would land in the top 10, I would have said yes. Yeah. So, yeah, me too. Um, a very respectable showing for your friend and mine, Amy Mann, number 17. That's just what you are. Um, I had it higher, but not much. And I'm I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased. Yeah, with that. I had it in 15th place. So this is pretty good for me. Um, I am weirded out, I guess, a little bit by our number 16 song, which just joined us this week. It's Natalie Merchant's Wonder. Um, obviously, if it hadn't been for my <laughs> pissing on the cornflake girl of this song, it probably <laughs> would have been in the top six, but, um, that's why they play the games, as they say. Good for you, Tiger Lily. Um, number 15 is Sleep to Dream by Fiona Apple, which is fascinating to me. Um, I am like, that's about where I put it, but I'm very surprised that it was stable at this level. Me too. A song this spiky and sullen making it to the top 15 is pretty impressive. Number 14 is Stay, Perens, I Missed You, and Perens. Um, yet another one of those songs that I was like, this motherfucker, and then had to rank it in the top 10. Um, my ranking for this one did ooze downward as the weeks went on since we first talked about it. And I think this is correct. Um, I'm particularly glad that it didn't beat out number 13, fucking run. Um, I, I mean, I felt like that was going to be higher, but this seems about right to me. Yeah, I honestly, I ranked it at number 20 and I, I have regret. Mm. I think that song should have been in my top 15, but I feel like it concluding in 13th place is very solid. Yep, I agree. Uh, number 12 is Come to My Vagina slash Window by your quote tweeter and mine, <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. And as we approach the top 10, Who Will Save Your Soul? Just joining us this week by Jewel. And um, I am happy for you, Mark, that the top 10 eluded your um, sworn enemy. Your I am so delighted that she is stuck in 11th place and she, and that's actually where this song peaked on the hot 100. So there you go. Mm, Okay. Um, but yeah, and I will say it's my doing that she's not in the top 10 and I welcome all consequences. Um, now Sarah, we've got the top 10, the 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, most, 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 most little fair songs of all time, 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 time. I mean, I'm looking at this list and um, I I love you even more than I ever have. You two <laughs> listeners. In well, the end, in, we, got, we got it right, I think. I think that even if you could quibble with the order of these 10 songs, I do think these are the 10 songs. I, I think so, too. Okay, I agree. We can hold our heads high. Um, coming in in 10th place. It's The Promise by Tracy Chapman. I am so glad that she is in the top 10. Yep, me too. Coming in in ninth place, Let Him Fly by Patty Griffin. This is another one that has grown in the listener votes week by week. So I'm so pleased she landed in the top 10 ultimately. Yep, me too. I'd like to think that our conversation about that song had something to do with it. So get good on us. Yeah. Um, cause really at the beginning you remember they, she got very few votes at all. So well, and here I, we go. I believe that we fired the listenership for that. Yes, so maybe did. this is all different listeners. Hey guys, thanks for coming yeah. by. All is well. Um, coming in in eighth place, uh, where it also peaked on the hot 100. Interestingly enough is newcomer to this episode. Where have all the Cowboys gone? 
That feels right to me. They are lost in your armpit hair, apparently. Uh, and here for me is perhaps the biggest surprise of the entire top 20. Seventh place, Sarah, for My Sister by the Juliana Hatfield 3. I am very pleased by that. I, between episodes, bumped that up a few notches because I just felt... I couldn't exactly articulate why I felt it needed to be higher, but... I mean, a, a song with the word sister in the title? Like, what what are we all doing here? Also, she played a fucking angel. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it was, as I discussed in the episode, it really was, for me, the fact that the song is about that sister relationship. Mm-hmm. And also, it's really a good song. Uh, yeah. And she played an angel on My So Called Life, for Christ's sake. So both you and I, actually, for our personal rankings, put it at number six, and it wound up at number seven. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Um, number six overall is Cornflake Girl, a song that you and I both love. You felt it was lilithier than I do, but I do think sixth place for this song is great. I'm glad it's in the top 10. Yep. Me too. Um, in, in fifth place, uh, we have Ani DeFranco's Untouchable Face. Um, I feel great about that. I think it's such a good song and it deserves to be in the top five. This was, this remained my number one. And now we get to our top four, and these are the four songs that all received over 100 points. So that's pretty great, I think. Yeah, very. Uh, In fourth place with 107 points, it's As Cool As I Am from Dara Williams. I love this. It held on from the very first episode. Yes. Amazing. Um, And you put it in eighth, the listeners put it in fifth, and I put it in third. So I think that's really a great example of the overall support here. And it's such a fucking great song. Well done, Dar. Yeah, it never, it didn't leave my top five until very late in the going and it never left my top 10. I don't think so. No, I don't think it ever ranked lower than fourth for me after mm. through this entire season. Um, okay. So in third place with 109 points, it's Indigo girls with Galileo. And Here's something interesting. Your first place was Untouchable Face, which is in fifth place. Both the listeners and I put Galileo in first place, and it ultimately is in third, which means that the top two songs, Sarah, did not get a number one ranking from any of us. No. That is fucking wild to me and so interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is what I was saying about the statistician. Like, yeah, that's a joke, but... It does sometimes like everybody's consensus number two, that means that it's what should be number one, because that's what the community wants. Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is a great example of that working out Uh, again. Third place, Galileo Indigo Girls. Second place. I never would have predicted this when we started this season, Sarah, but in second place with one hundred and ten points, it's Sunny Came Home by Sean Colvin. Well, and honestly, if it weren't for me spoiling both of these, which are only one total point apart, by the way, um, it would be a very different conversation. But um, yeah, I just had some really avant-garde ideas. I love it, though. I think that's really interesting. And, you know, I put Cornflake Girl in 16th. So I definitely am like, if it weren't for me, that song would have been higher. So that's just how some shit goes. Yeah. Because uh, the, the the listeners put Cornflake Girl in eighth. So I am the reason it is not higher than it is. Anyway, now, if you've been paying attention, you know that the only person left is Sarah McLaughlin herself. And I guess at the end of the day, this is how it needed to be. The woman who founded the Lilith Fair should be number one overall. I mean, if and- it wasn't going to be the Indigo Girls who wrapped up it up with a sing-along every night, it's got to be McLaughs. That's exactly right. Got to right. be one of those. And interestingly, again, I put I will remember you in fifth. The listeners put it in third and you put it in second. But that is enough for a cumulative score of 113 points, three points above Sunny Came Home in second, four points above Galileo in third. That means our podium today is Indigo Girls, Sean Colvin and Sarah McLaughlin. And Sarah, I think that is a very good distillation of this whole project. Um, Yeah. I mean, at the top, you've got. Um, nostalgia, but also, you know, the DIY spirit of the founder. 
you've got um, the closing number that was a group effort um, that Jewel fucked up, but still, it mostly went the way it was supposed to. <laughs> and then, um, and it's a song about, um, you know, <laughs> st- sticking to your guns in the face of anti-size forces. And then in the middle, you got some arson instruction manuals. Like, okay. And sure. then closing, you know, right there, just a few points out, you've got a woman dancing with other women, refusing to be afraid of them. And you've got Ani DeFranco finding elegant ways to tell you how much she wants to fucking punch you. Yeah. And then um, there's Tori Amos, Tori Amosing and Juliana Hatfield talking about siblings, Paula Cole, not shaving her pits, breakup song. Patty um, Griffin being very sad and Trissy Chapman making us all cry. And like, yeah, and possibly a seance. Like, I, f- I feel that that's the full range of uh, feminine experience in community. Seance. <laughs> like, um, this is for all women living and dead. So that's yeah. right. So the ghost of, of uh, oh my God, I, what's her name? Katie Stanton is going to now come up and join us here. <laughs> What's Elizabeth that rustling? Shall join us tonight. Oh God! Well, listeners, thank you so much for helping us um, determine who is the Lilith fairest of them all. It is, in fact, the founder who is named Sarah. So uh, I'm I'm content with that. I think uh, Indigo Mail at AOL. Hey, yes, it's also content with that. And if they're not, um, we're sending someone to your house to burn it down. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for participating in this. And um, like I said, come find us on Patreon. There will be more Lilith-related content coming up this month. And then before the year is out, Radio Hip Hop, we're looking forward to having you join us for that as well. And Mark, as always, an honor and a pleasure and a mathematical certainty. Oh, well my God. Done. You are truly the number one in my Lilith soul, Sarah, always. A very touchable face indeed. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash mastass. Thanks for listening. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.